Welcome to the Life Exchange Podcast, where we give you practical solutions for self, community, and culture. Every single person has faced discouragement at some point in their lives, myself included. It can be a scary place that leads to hopelessness and despair, not exactly a dream destination. The Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when it is restored again, it is a tree of life. Today, we want to talk about some warning signs to watch out for that tell us that we may be headed down a path of discouragement. We'll also share ways in which we can get back on track, how to access hope and courage, and how to confront discouragement head on. Hi, I'm Melody Hilton. And I'm Joel Hilton. I'm Katie Stansfield, and we want to thank you for joining us today for another episode of Life Exchange. Uh, as always, if you have any questions or comments or topic suggestions, you can send those in. Uh, you can email them to lifeexchangepodcast at gmail.com. So let's get into today's topic. Today, we're going to be talking about disarming discouragement um, and who among us has not ever experienced discouragement. Um, that can be something really small, something happened and um, you got disappointed, or it can become something that you carry uh, that you can't seem to get out of. So what, whatever state it is, I think it's a common situation that we've all experienced some level of discouragement. We might experience it, it to some extent every day. Um, and so we want to talk today about what that looks like, how tools to kind of navigate and get out of it. What is discouragement? Uh, so are you guys ready to get into it today? Sure. sure. All right. All right. Well, um, can you tell us, Joel, kind of how uh, fear um, plays into this, how fear comes in with discouragement? Well, if you're going to fulfill the call of God on your life, you you have to be willing to confront fear. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can see it throughout Scripture. You can see it in the heroes of of the Bible. All of them had to confront fear on some level. Mm -hmm. So if you are going to fulfill the call of God on on your life, if you are going to address or or be that light in a dark place, you're going to have to confront fear. Mm -hmm. And one thing that's interesting about fear is that it has one end in mind. Or the truth Mm -hmm. is any evil spirit has one end in mind. And that is influence over you. A lot of times people think of, well, fear is there to make me feel afraid. Well, no, that's just a symptom Mm -hmm. so that it can have access for influence. Mm -hmm. And we know from John 10, 10, if you know anything about me, that's probably my (laughs) theme scripture verse. Uh, The thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. So the goal of any evil spirit is to influence you that will eventually lead you into stealing, killing and destroying. And that's why Paul spoke over Timothy that God has not given him a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and a sound mind. And one of the interesting things about this verse is referring to two spirits. The first one is talking about is the spirit of fear. Mm-hmm. And the other spirit is the one that we've been given, which is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And what's interesting about that is it's part of our our DNA to be influenced by the spirit realm. Yeah. That's why Paul said, no, listen, the spirit that you've been given is not one of fear Mm -hmm. that will lead you into timidity, that will lead you into uh, anxiety. Mm -hmm. No, the spirit that that we've been given is one of power, love, and a sound mind. In Romans 8, 14, it says, for those who are led by the spirit of God, remember what I said, it's part of our spiritual DNA to be influenced 
by the spirit realm. Mm -hmm. Whether you realize it or not, it is happening. And so in Romans 8, 14, for those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. Mm -hmm. So if we allow fear, if we allow shame, or if we allow anxiety and worry to take our focus off of the thing that as believers, we are meant to keep our eyes fixed on, which is Jesus, which is surrendering to his desire. Guess what? Like I said, an evil spirit desires to influence you and lead you in such a way that it will either cause stealing, killing, or destroying, or all three. Mm -hmm. So, Joel, are you basically saying that when fear comes in, it's not about the emotions of fear? That's but it right. it has an end goal to stop us from fulfilling yeah. our reason for being. And that's why I started out by saying that if we are going to fulfill the call of God on our life, and that could be big, it could be small, it could be what he's requiring you for that day in that moment. If we are going to fulfill what God's desire for our life, we will have to confront fear because fear wants to insert itself mm-hmm into our decision-making process, yep. right? Yep. What, what one, is, one of the languages of fear is, what if? Yep. What if? What <laughs> if this happens? What if this happens? And which I think is pretty crazy because as believers, we are led by the Spirit of God and the Spirit of God knows all things. Yeah. So the Spirit of God would never lead us in what ifs because mm-hmm. he knows. Actually, there's things in Scripture that promise us, hey, there's going to be persecution. There's going to be hardships. There's going to be difficulties. But guess what? Mm-hmm. I have overcome the world. Yeah. That in me, you would have peace. And so the spirit of fear wants to insert itself so that it can direct you. Mm-hmm. And because we are a new creation in Christ, we are now, how can I put this? We are now led by his spirit alone. Mm-hmm. And that leads us into life. John ten ten. the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give life and life more abundantly. I love the scripture where it says, no weapon... And so here we're talking about the weapon of fear, right? Mm-hmm. No weapon formed against us will prosper or will not have its desired effect. So what you're saying is fear's whole goal, it has a desired effect. It's not just to make you feel bad, mm-hmm. get you discouraged and all those things. Mm-hmm. It's literally to sabotage yeah. what God has put within you. To steal, to kill, and destroy. That's right. Yeah. So we have to recognize According to the word, that weapon will not have its desired effect. So that makes me think, how do I stop it from having its desired effect? And I, I love the scripture where it says, perfect love, mm-hmm. mature love, God's love, casts out all fear, right? Because mm-hmm. fear has torment or fear has punishment. So if I'm constantly afraid that I'm going to be punished by God or whatever, that something bad's going to happen, if I don't perform perfectly, all those things, I'm not resting in perfect love. Mm-hmm. But if I can rest in his love, it can dismantle the fear. Because mm-hmm. isn't that where our calling comes from? It comes from perfect love. It comes from our father. Yeah. 
And, and like I said earlier, that we were designed to be influenced by the spirit realm. Yeah. That's why it says, submit to God, mm-hmm. resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So mm-hmm. that's what I've been talking about. Now, as new believers, we are under the influence of the Holy Spirit. So when we submit to God, because we are under authority, we have authority to resist the enemy. See, a lot of times people are trying to do their own thing and they're resisting the enemy, but there's no power behind it because we haven't yet submitted to God. So as we submit to God, as we submit to his purpose and his plan and his leading, my sheep hear my voice and a voice of a stranger they will not follow. When we submit to his desire and his voice, then we then have authority to resist the the enemy and he will flee. I, I, we're kind of getting a little mm-hmm. ahead of ourselves, but it's all good. Yeah. Wow. It is very good. So we're going to be influenced by the spirit realm. Either it's going to Whether be... Whether you realize yeah. it or not. Yeah, yeah. we are. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. Before I knew Jesus, I was majorly influenced by the fear-based spiritual realm. You yeah. know, and a lot of Christians of are. Yeah. yeah. Well, even... After being say right, I think I think fear. If we can overcome fear, we've overcome everything. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't it is it is it Bishop Hammond that said the most acceptable uh, sin in the church is fear? I've heard yeah. a lot of ministers say okay. that. Yeah, so I don't know where it originated. I was going to say I thought I say that. Oh, well, yeah. someone, someone, <laughs> because sometimes we'll go up. You know, we're going to confront that person. Looks at pornography. This yeah, is horrible, yeah. horrible, yeah. and that person's afraid. Oh, yeah. you're afraid. I'm so sorry. You're afraid. And it's like we baby, yeah, baby fear. Yeah, and you know we are critical against something that we think is a bigger. <laughs> Yeah. Someone might be listening to this and saying, you're not being very loving. (laughs) You know, we're going to cast out fear. But when you think about it, perfect love casts out fear. Cast out means to drive out. Wow. That's good. That's pretty forceful. It is. (laughs) So I don't think we should be mean about it, but I think we should have a different attitude towards fear in the church than Mm -hmm. we do now. Yeah, for sure. And even in our own lives, say, man, I cannot tolerate this. This is so destructive. The moment I feel fear, I've got to recognize that that is a strategy of the enemy to try to sabotage my life, Mm -hmm. my health, my healing, my freedom, Mm -hmm. my vision, whatever it might be. Uh, Oh my gosh, if, if I would really recognize I have to do major warfare which is submitting to God, right? Mm. Uh, I got to step into that place where I will not tolerate this. Yeah. What what you tolerate will dominate. Somebody said that somewhere. <laughs> what you tolerate we will dominate. We're doing a lot of anonymous dominate. quoting So today. I cannot tolerate fear because it'll dominate me then. That sounds like your quote. Does it? It could <laughs> be. I don't know. <laughs> if you say it so many times, it becomes Maybe. yours. I'll claim it. (laughs) And one of the reasons we started out this podcast with talking about fear, because obviously the title of this is Disarming Discouragement. We started out with talking about or confronting fear because fear and discouragement, they partner together to remove you from calling Mm -hmm. and purpose. And so in Deuteronomy 31, 7 through 8, now this is Moses speaking to Joshua. Actually, he's speaking to Joshua in front of everybody. Um, And we can see in the next chapter in the book of Joshua, 
God actually speaks these same things to him, but it's in verse seven and verse eight. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, be strong and courageous for you must go. A lot of times in the church, we don't want leaders to tell us what to do, but (laughs) here, be strong and courageous for you must go with the people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. I'm going to say it again. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And discouragement means to remove or to separate from courage. It means to break down your resolution to do something. So here it is again. Fear and discouragement partner together to remove you from calling and purpose. You see, if Joshua would have submitted Mm -hmm. to fear and discouragement, he would have never went into the promised land. Mm -hmm. And so I love this exhortation, this prophetic word from Moses. Mm -hmm. He said, be strong and courageous for you must go. Notice there's no other option. Mm -hmm. There's no, no other way. Listen, this is what you're called to. This is, uh, the purpose that the Lord has given you, uh, Maybe this isn't the correct way to say it, but I need you to rise up. I need you mm-hmm. to take our man up, right? <laughs> I need you to uh, to rise up and take and fulfill the things that God has placed within you. And see, a lot of times discouragement, it will cause you to weigh options that you've been never that you haven't been given. I mean, think about it. Joshua had so many reasons to be discouraged. I love how it says, for you must go with this people. <laughs> right? <laughs> if you they're know all that, yours now. <laughs> yeah, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. You, they're yours now. <laughs> and if you know the history of the Israelites, there was a history of... Complaining. Complaining, uh, not listening, rebellion. Uh, like I said, it for a leader, it was not a good environment. Right? Yeah. And so what what discouragement will do, it, it will cause you to question things um, or weigh options that you've never mm-hmm. been given. Like, should I really enter into this promised land? <laughs> yeah. You know, must I fulfill my call? You know, must I be brave mm-hmm. and uh, confront my adversary? Yes. Like <laughs> yeah. Moses said, you must go. I love it because who was talking to him? Yeah. Moses. Yeah. yeah. And Moses yeah. went through the exact same yeah. battle. Yeah. So basically, he didn't say, well, let me tell you my testimony. I stood before that burning bush and, you know, I'm shaking in my boots. I'm stuttering. And I like said, who am I to do this? How can I do that? And, uh, you know, man, if you don't do it... I. In fact, if you think about it, God got a little angry at him when he said he couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. So he felt that same exhortation from the power and the presence of God, you know, and there was a demand placed upon Moses. And we know he ultimately rose up. He went in, he faced Pharaoh, and God used him to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. But he lived this. He wasn't just preaching at him saying, you must go. Uh, but he goes, you know, I had to go too. Yeah. I had to do this. Well, I I love that I was going to go there too, that this oh, was yeah. Moses speaking. And I was thinking, you know, Moses here, he... Um, it 
was raised as an Egyptian. He mm-hmm. murders, so he's afraid mm-hmm. and he runs to the desert and he's hiding in the desert. And I, I just thought going back to fear, fear paralyzes your purpose. Mm-hmm. So here Moses is running away um, in, in fear and he's out in the desert away from his purpose. So fear will do that. It will paralyze your purpose. And then that, you know, and then God says, Hey, I chose you. He's a stutter. Mm-hmm. He's not confident. He doesn't want to do it. Um, and then, you know, but when God calls someone, of course he qualifies them. He, he has given him everything that he needed. And because he stepped out of that fear, out of that discouragement, he was then able to lead the charge for future generations to walk in that courage that was going to be necessary and required for them to reach the promised land. Yeah, you think he had so many personal life experiences that I don't think he was necessarily preaching at Joshua. I think (laughs) he was just rehearsing his story, his life narrative, and saying, hey, buddy, I had to get up and look what God did. Yeah, If God did this for me, he's going to do for this for you. You got to get up. You got to go. There's no other option, you know, for Well, what I said earlier was that God speaks this exact same thing to Joshua in mm-hmm. the next book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So true. So for him to fulfill his call, he would have to confront fear. Yeah. He would have to confront discouragement. I I think sometimes when we experience discouragement, we just almost just take it as is like I'm feeling hopeless. I'm feel I'm feeling a lack of courage or like I'm feeling lonely or like these are just kind of symptoms of discouragement. But you have to understand, like I said before, that fear and discouragement partner together. So if you have some level of discouragement in your life, there's also a root of fear yes, in there. Yes. And so sometimes you're trying to deal with discouragement by itself, but maybe you need to say, where where am I afraid mm-hmm. to step into calling and purpose and destiny for my life? And recognizing, for me personally, this was important, recognizing that fear as a spirit, um, because I think sometimes we can think it's it's behavioral or um, learned, uh, which sometimes it is. Sometimes it is that- it's a combination, right? Yeah, but sometimes it is an actual spirit. For me, I went through- um, a year of just this crippling, crippling, paralyzing anxiety. Um, and I'm doing everything that I knew to do. I was, you know, medically counseling all of the things and a counselor, I spoke to a counselor and it wasn't digging up childhood trauma for me that I needed. She said one sentence, she said, well, anxiety is just fear. And it was when she said that one sentence, it was like, a lightning bolt from heaven that this was a spirit that I was dealing with. And from that point, it changed, it changed everything. It didn't immediately stop. But from that point, I knew I had to fight against the spirit of fear um, or else this thing was going to have my life. And so it it is confronting the spirit of fear that, that for me Mm -hmm. was the key to get me out of that season of anxiety, fear, discouragement, um, and into where I could pursue my purpose again. There's this thing that I was experiencing where I I, I had these thoughts or that I was basically being tormented. Mm-hmm. And and it, it was over like this three or four day period where I kept on, because I'm a thinker, I'm an am, analyzer, I'm trying to solve. And so I was doing this all in my, my own ability, right? 
And and it got to the point where it was really harassing me. Mm-hmm. And I just heard God said, this is a spirit of fear. Mm-hmm, yeah. And so what I did is I took authority over it. Yeah. And I dealt with it and and it really left. Mm-hmm. So I agree that there are some times that we're dealing with a spirit that needs a spiritual a spiritual action to confront of it, mm-hmm. confront it. And sometimes it's just from consistent behavior yeah. and you need to change your way of thinking. Yeah. And see, one is changing the way we think. The other is like an intrusive thought. Where did that come from? Mm-hmm. I just got bombarded. Where did that? I look at that and go, where in the world did that come? I didn't think of that before. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I feel this. I sense this. It's overwhelming. It's intrusive. And that's, for me, that's like a good way of describing I'm dealing with a spirit Mm -hmm. because it it knocked down the door of my mind. I didn't invite it in. It knocked down the door. And I'm going, where did that come from? Then I recognize this is you know, a spirit of fear. Other things might be just the lifestyle I developed and maybe there was shame in my life. So I use fear to kind of cover it up or what it might be. It might be those thought processes because we recognize that every negative toxic thought basically is fear-based. Even stress in itself, you know, I'm just stressed. Well, that's fear. Mm -hmm. Science just shows that all stress is fear-based. So that's the learned fear. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But when it's intrusive and like, oh my gosh, why am I thinking this? Why am I being so harassed? Why can't I get rid of this thought? Where did this thought come mm-hmm. from? Then we're recognizing we are really dealing with a spirit of fear. Yeah. So guess what? I've learned a long time ago, and this is one way I got free, was that we call it a spirit of fear because that's its nature. So guess what? Fear is afraid. So if we rise up, submit ourselves to God, yeah. resist fear, it's going to run in fear. Yeah. Because its nature is to be afraid. That's why it's so good at lying to us. And so when we recognize those intrusive thoughts, I recognize I'm dealing with that spirit of fear mm-hmm. and I'm going to rise up, I'm going to submit to God and I'm going to confront that spirit and it will run in fear. God, give me an example of the difference between a spirit of fear and a feeling of fear. Mm. And the example that he showed me was I could be out on a walk in the woods and a bear comes. Oh, yeah. Right? It's natural to have fear. (laughs) (laughs) It's part of why... It's part of our our nature, right? To be like a little concerned about what's (laughs) happening. Um, And so that's that's normal. That's fine. Mm. But where uh, a spirit of fear is different is where... After that encounter, that fear is starting to influence and control my life. It, yeah. That fear sticks with you after that encounter. Wow. That's and really so it, uh, a funny example would be like, okay, your kids, you're getting rid of all the your kids' books with bears in it. <laughs> you know, you, you create committees to deal with the bear problem. Uh, you're consumed in your thinking about bears. It's, it's, a, it's causing you not to leave your house. This is where a a spirit of fear has attached itself yeah. to a feeling of fear. And so, like I said before, any evil spirit, their desire is influence. Yeah. It is control, mm-hmm. which the end goal is to influence or to lead you into stealing, killing, and destroying. Yeah. So good. Great yeah. analogy. Yeah. 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 The, the enemy will attach itself to whatever 
So if it starts with a little thought, any open door, any, yeah. any yeah. open door, any, if it, if we have a little thought and he's like, Oh, they followed that thought. I'm going to, that's my door. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I think one thing you said is really powerful because literally uh, in the very, our very human operating system, the fact is if we face physical danger, that feeling of fear is our place of protection. Mm-hmm. So it's a very good Hot thing. Hot stove, right? Pardon? Putting your hand in a fire. Yeah. You know, exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. And so if I see a snake, Snakes, believe me, yeah, right. I am going to run. You know, I mean, I will feel fear and I will get away from that snake. You don't even do snakes on TV. No, I don't do snakes on TV. <laughs> I don't do snakes anywhere. And uh, I can talk about them now. And, and but But see, when it goes to the point where it, influences that is just so so good Mm -hmm. because now and i can relate to the whole snake thing i was so Mm -hmm. afraid of snakes because i saw them and i'd run and we lived in a house didn't we joel that Mm -hmm. had so many snakes it was the Mm -hmm. woods was all around we had snakes living underneath our driveway it was just like nope yep i was not a happy camper there and uh I remember I was so afraid to open up the door to go down to my basement. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like a finished basement. It was a, like an old-fashioned basement. Dirt uh, floor. Because I was so afraid to go down to do my laundry because what if a snake was in there? Yeah. And one time there was, which really reinforced <laughs> my fear. But Oh, they were there. Oh, they were. Yeah. That's right. And But see, they're, they're, the aspect of that is when we're protecting ourselves from fear, physical danger and we can Mm -hmm. understand that and we can relate it to something practical and natural. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, uh, when I start living with what I call an ego attack, I'm afraid, what is somebody going to think of me? What if I fail? Yeah. I mean, we were talking about encounters with bears and snakes, right? right? But what happens if we're in a fearful situation with people? That's right. Yeah. Or... Fear of taking a risk. What if I fail? Mm -hmm. So I'll pull back. Fear of fulfilling the call of God. You know, what if I'm embarrassed? What Mm -hmm. is one of the number one fears? It's not death. It's what? Public speaking. So what? Fear of man. What's somebody going to (laughs) think? Pardon? Creating podcasts. Creating podcasts. (laughs) That's the number one fear. And so it's it's gone from a physical threat to like an ego threat. Mm-hmm. And so that begins to literally sabotage how I think, what I do, what I pursue. You know, when God speaks to me, I'll be like Moses say, how can I do that? I can't do that. Yeah. Who am I to do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because now it's a whole ego thing. Fear often is an, it's an illusion. Yeah. Um, if it can get you to create a story that of what could happen, uh, then it'll keep you from moving forward. So um, that can be one of the, the mm. signs of um, discouragement is, you know, we were talking a lot about fear here, um, but fear can be one of those signs that, okay, how is this motivating my life? How is this actually determining the direction mm. of my life? So um, I know for me that cre- I had to, I literally would tell myself, Katie, we're not telling stories right now. And that was my way of saying, mind, you will not move into fear. You will not allow this to control your life. So I recognized that that was a motivating um, force in my life was fear's ability to get me to go somewhere that I didn't belong, mm-hmm. um, that wasn't reality. So what are some other signs of discouragement? Well, I have a couple, but I, I want to share um, what is discouragement 
this isn't the de- definition, the dictionary, is not having courage, mm-hmm. right? Discourage, I'm losing a courage. Part, this means like the, the prefix dis means to separate or be apart from. Yeah. Okay. So to separate me from courage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so for my thinking, one of the symptoms is when I feel powerless because the moment I feel like I do not have the power of choice or I don't have the power to change something or yeah. influence something, then I am separated from the courage to step out there yeah. and do something. Yeah. So I think feeling powerless is a big one. And for me, um, the moment I feel a loss of passion, mm-hmm. uh, a loss of purpose, okay, there is something that's off. Because I am designed to dream of what can be. I'm designed to be passionate. I don't know how to live without passion and purpose and motivation. And I I just love life. And so when that's not there, there is something that has stolen my courage. Mm -hmm. And so I recognize, okay, this is not who I am. What's going on? Yeah. Yep. One of the reasons that we're bringing up the signs of discouragement is because today's episode is is on disarming discouragement. Yeah, we have so to. Mm-hmm. if you if you're not aware that you're discouraged, you're not going to have the power right. to disarm it. So, yeah. uh here are a couple of signs that I that I've came up with, but discouragement means to be shattered, it means dismayed or to be broken. And a lot of times that you you see that word in scripture dismayed, and dismayed means mm-hmm. to cause to lose courage or resolution because of alarm or fear. Mm. Like I said before, fear and discouragement work together. So if you are dealing with discouragement, there is a root of fear there. Mm-hmm. And so uh, uh, how many I'm I'm sure most of you can relate to this, but when God speaks you uh speaks calling purpose, he gives vision. Guess what? You're Super excited about it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you, it's crystal clear. You can see the very end picture. And then you get in reality, and reality <laughs> kind of hits you in the face. And then you start questioning it. Uh, this is a quote that I've heard before that I have to remind myself when I get in a place of discouragement. But it says, Never doubt in the dark what you heard in the light. Yeah. And so, in the moment where God has spoken to you, sometimes you have to go back and remember it. Yes, uh, because when you did, when you get discouraged, you lose resolution to do what is in your heart, and resolution is basically a desire to do what to do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you lose the desire to do something when you become discouraged. If if you're into computers, uh, well, most people are into computers. That's like Katie's saying, I'm really into breathing. Um, <laughs> she's like oh, so happy. Go. All right. <laughs> so there's this thing with computer screens called resolution. And basically when you raise the resolution, it becomes crisper and clearer, mm-hmm. right? 
And so sometimes people want to have their computer screen on a lower resolution. So one of the side effects of that is it lacks clarity. But another thing, and I'm not going to pick on my mom here, <laughs> even though I am a little bit, she likes her resolution lower because what happens is the screen, the things on the, the icons on the screen become bigger, mm -hmm. right? Uh, the the recycling bin bin is like half the screen, it's like just to life size to scale. Yeah. <laughs> and so what happens is when you lose resolution because of discouragement, things become bigger. Yeah. Your your circumstances become magnified. Uh -huh. Every molehill becomes a mountain. Yeah. Every obstacle becomes impassable. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's a really big sign of being discouraged. One is lack of clarity, blurry vision. Mm -hmm. Another one is things become magnified. Yeah. And so uh, another thing that I want to point out about discouragement is discouragement has its own language. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Remember how I said kind of before fear has a language of what ifs? Mm. Discouragement has a language. And that language is you'll start saying things like, I can't handle this. Yeah. I'm done. Nothing makes sense. There's always an issue. Right? <laughs> I've just learned to expect the worst. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's the point? It's never effective. No one cares. Yeah. This always happens to me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Always so and never. Big so these are, this is the language of discouragement. And so if you, if you start hearing these things come out of your mouth, you might realize, hey, there's something more going on here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like I said, we're giving you these signs or these symptoms so that you can be aware, so that you can actually disarm or challenge discouragement in your life. Yeah. Well, uh, that's really good. Uh, one that I was thinking of as you were talking, Joel, would be a loss of even compassion. So it's mm -hmm. not just what I do, but it's how I view people and how I love people and and how I want to invest into people and see people's lives impacted for good. But if I get discouraged, then suddenly I become much more, more self-focused yeah. and I'm not thinking about how my life is affecting someone else. Because you're trying to protect yourself, yeah, right. which yeah. is a sign of fear. Yeah. Remember how we said yeah. fear is fear and discouragement partner together. Yeah. So now I'm not compassionate. So now I step into taking and getting mm -hmm. rather than giving and loving and serving, uh, which is really a negative cycle that will really discourage me more and more and more because we were not designed to be uh, navel gazing. You know, we weren't designed for that. And so when I get discouraged, you know, I want want to pull back into our our little pity party, right? Mm -hmm. And say, "Woe is me! Everything is so bad." And, and then I stop caring about others. Yeah. And even my closest relationships, uh, I can grow uh, apathetic about because they're not doing for me mm -hmm. because I am in need. Yeah. And I just this just came to me there there was a, a woman who literally was very, 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 very needy. She had a lot of needs in her life <clears throat> and she communicated those needs a lot. And I remember there was an individual that uh, really came up to her and met her needs. But do you know what? She was so stuck in being needy and discouraged and, and all those things that when her need was met, she didn't even value it. 
She didn't say thank you. She made no, she took, she Mm -hmm. took, but it made no difference in her life, even though the circumstance was, you know, impacted, Mm -hmm. influenced, could change. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is a place of such an unhealthy mindset. And as we were talking about fear uh, being a spirit, you can really see that there, that even when the need was met and something changed, the ability to even value that wasn't there because the belief about being a victim, being needy. Well, if you feel like you're the only one that can yes. meet your need, you're going to live in fear. Yeah. You're always going to be in survival mode. Yeah. So, you know, we're never satisfied even if we get what we think we need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It separates us from compassion towards others and gratitude. So we spent yeah. a good bit talking about the the problem. Right, mm-hmm. which I think if you're going to solve a problem, you got to recognize it. Right. So, do you have we, any more problems, Katie? Um, I'm not sure where you're going, but <laughs> well, that, just just follow, follow. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was. I was following. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I do have more, but I'll see where you're leading. Well, I was just going to start talking about you know now, now that we've recognized that discouragement is a problem and the signs of it. What are some of the things that we can do to well, okay, before we get there, can okay. I add a few more sure, of sure. what discouragement could look like? Well, we don't want people to leave this no, podcast no, no, we'll discouraged because... <laughs> I'll go fast. Um, but I think often discouragement is a state we don't know that we're in. And so recognizing those signs can be really important um, as we were talking about. I think disappointment is often step one to opening that door to discouragement. Mm-hmm. Um, we are we all face disappointment all the time. So what we do with disappointment is huge. If we don't work through a disappointment, even if it's a little one, mm-hmm. um, that can change the narrative for us and we can begin to take on those um, those real thoughts and and language of discouragement. Yeah. Um, and so, and I think especially uh, in the church, sometimes we can kind of um, name and claim our way out of dis- disappointment instead of actually working through it, mm-hmm. um, which can be really scary, a scary path to go down. Um, because I think when we say, well, God is good all the time, um, sometimes we can take that as, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to face the reality yeah. of my disappointment I'm just going to put a Band-Aid on it, put a mask over it and say, well, God is good all the time. And God is good all the time. Um, but that doesn't mean that we don't face those disappointments and that he wants to process through those disappointments with us, not just pretend they didn't happen. Because when you pretend that they didn't happen, mm-hmm. when you pretend that that something that hurt you doesn't hurt, um, it doesn't mean it didn't hurt you. It just means you're in denial. And denial will not serve you in this um, sense. It'll actually cause you... Um, because when a disappointment comes in, uh, what you do is you step into that fear, that fearful self-protective mode. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want this to happen again. So I I do not want to be disappointed again. And so mm-hmm. therefore, I'm going to protect myself. I'm going to stop having expectations. So I think if you find yourself in a state of not having expectation, um, that can be a sign that you are headed down a path of discouragement. Uh, and really, yeah. when you don't have expectation, uh, it's hard to have faith. And when you don't have faith, it's hard to access hope. And hope is believing that there is good for your future. That's yeah. the definition 
definition of hope is a joyful expectation for good. And so when you stop having hope, um, you are in that place of discouragement and it's hard to get out of it because you no longer see that there is a good future ahead. So disappointment, lack of expectations, uh, a lack of hope. I think depression is a huge sign of discouragement, uh, that loss of motivation. You just feel lackluster, like there's nothing really exciting to live for. Um, I think frustration in relationships can be Mm, a sign of discouragement because you're not, you're not getting that expectation that you had is not getting met. And so therefore there's frustration there. And you might then start to project that onto another person thinking that it's, um, it's them. Um, but what, what it really is, is that you are in a state of discouragement uh, that's manifesting or that's looking like frustration in relationships. Um, one, one thing I want to point out about depression. A lot of times we only think of depression in the clinical sense mm-hmm. or being diagnosed with depression, but in the simple sense, depression is just a, a hampering or a pushing down of expression. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're at a place where the things with inside of you, you're pushing down and you're keeping them hidden, mm-hmm. I think that is the first sign of depression is you're not allowing the things that you have with inside of you, giftings, purposes, joys, um, expectations, you're pushing them down. You're depressing, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, uh, what's inside of you. So a sign of depression, not in the clinical sense or like um, chemical. Uh, a chemical sense, right, uh, is when you are hindered to express what's inside of yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. So if you find yourself in that state, um, it doesn't mean you're too far gone. It just means, okay, if you can, if you recognize it, then you can begin to push against it and, and, um, start to access that purpose again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just a couple more, um, signs of discouragement is anger, which can be a frustration of purpose. So I'm not saying that every time someone is angry, it means they're discouraged, but it is like kind of one of those red flags to look for is, okay, what's the source of my anger? Um, Am I feeling frustrated in my purpose? Because really that could just be, um, you need to switch roles or you need to switch, you need to make some little change um, that is going to help you to, to begin to access that courage to lead you into that purpose again. So, um, again, not all of these symptoms mean that you're in discouragement, but I think they're great red flags to look for, uh, Mm. so that we can keep ourselves from going down that path. Yeah. It's really good. Now I spoke really fast. You want to get to where you were going? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think later we'll kind of get into some steps of how you can break the cycle of desert of discouragement. But I think as believers, this is the first and foremost thing that you must do. And I believe that hearing the voice of God and obeying it is the most liberating thing that you could ever do. Yes. (laughs) So as believers, it starts with that, hearing his voice and obeying it. Like, Like I stated earlier in Romans 8, 14, for those who are led by the spirit of God Mm -hmm. are the children of God. And that children is really significant because meaning we are heirs Mm -hmm. to what our father has, which is freedom and liberty and hope. So when we are led by the spirit, we have access to our inheritance as children of God. Mm -hmm. It's good. So many times discouragement can be traced back to 
um, a delayed obedience. Mm -hmm. And why is this important? Because our advancement will be halted because we're missing the key that only obedience could bring. In 2 Corinthians 3.17, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So what quality or what characteristic of God is this verse referring to? It's talking about His Lordship, and His Lordship deals with His authority. Mm -hmm. It deals with influence. It deals with power. Remember how I said that we're spiritual beings and we were designed to be influenced by the spirit realm. That's why fear and shame and and discouragement want to come in because they want to influence you yeah. to lead you then into stealing, killing, and destroying. But because we have, Paul said, God has not given you a spirit mm -hmm. of fear, but one of power, love, and a sound mind. So as we submit to the lordship of the spirit, yeah. see a lot of times people when they when they hear where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. They're thinking maybe in a worship setting or um, in, in in his presence. Mm -hmm. um, which is true, but th the characteristic or the quality that this verse is referring to is his lordship. So it would be better to say where the spirit is Lord, yeah. there is freedom. That's yeah. so good. Where you allow his lordship into your life, there will be freedom. Mm -hmm. And in 2 Corinthians 3, 16 through 18, so... I, I gave you verse 17. So this is the verse before and the verse after. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Mm -hmm. For the Lord is the spirit and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who, ha who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord and the Lord who is the spirit. Mm. Are you seeing this? Yeah. The Lord is talking about his lordship makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. So as we submit to his lordship, then we are changed. Then there is freedom. So wherever the spirit is Lord, there is freedom. I love this quote from Oswald Chambers. Even the smallest bit of obedience opens heaven. Yeah. And the deepest truths of God immediately become yours. Mm -hmm. Even the smallest bit of obedience does these things. Yeah. And he goes on to say, yet yeah, God will never reveal more truth about himself to you until you have obeyed what you already <laughs> know. Wow. Wow. A lot of times in church, people are waiting for this new revelation to get freedom. But the truth is, if you just obey what you already know, what he's already spoken, mm -hmm. that is the thing that is going to bring freedom. Mm -hmm. So to combat, to confront discouragement, you have to go where you're called. Mm -hmm. You have to step into the obedience. You have to step into obedience where, where God has spoken and where you know he's leading. And that's going to be the thing that really breaks off discouragement in our life. What is the point of discouragement? Why? You know, we look at discouragement by the symptoms. Why well, I feel hopeless. I feel uh, discouraged or I feel apart from courage, uh, courage or I want to isolate myself. But those are just symptoms. Yeah. The point of it, the, the mm -hmm. goal of discouragement is to keep you from fulfilling your call, mm -hmm. discouraged, 
to separate you from courage. So to combat that, you have to know where God is leading you. You have to hear his voice and cultivate that. And when you hear and obey, it's going to be the most liberating thing because what does fear and discouragement want to do? It wants you to separate you from courage to step out. I love that because whenever I have, and I say this loosely, an encounter with the Lord, whether it's reading the scripture and it comes alive or God speaks to me or, but whenever the Holy Spirit uh, illuminates something to me, there's a supernatural grace that I feel. It's like something I didn't understand before I Mm -hmm. now understand. You know, when he gives revelation, it's like, aha, there's this grace that I experience that empowers me to do what I could not do before. Mm -hmm. So when when really the Spirit of God, when I submit to the Lordship of Christ, when I allow His voice to trump everything else, it literally carries with it a grace for me to do what I could never do, independent of Him. And what you just said, Joel, all those things are just so good because that's what an encounter with God looks like, Mm -hmm. feels like, and what it can produce. And when the grace is there, then guess what? The courage is there. Mm-hmm. And when courage is there, then fear's broken, discouragement is broken, and now we can start moving forward. And that's so powerful because uh, I've positioned myself. I use this all the time. I have to stop and I have to inquire of the Lord. Yeah. You know, sometimes I just mm, hit a point. I just got to stop everything because if I keep on going, I will get frustrated. I will get discouraged because I'm on a road that's not going anywhere. So mm-hmm. I have to just stop and inquire of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I do that and I stay in that place until there's a scripture or there's an inspiration. There's something that I recognize that the Holy Spirit is bringing to me. And that is the grace by him speaking to me in so many different ways that uh, it just pulls me out of being stuck and allows me to keep on going. And what is the number one reaction to people when they experience fear? I would say it's to hide. Yeah, that's so true. To create walls of of protection. Mm -hmm. But in in Psalms 56.3, this is what scripture tells us to do when we're afraid. Psalms 56.3, Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So notice, when you are afraid, when you want to close yourself off, when you want to run and hide, Scripture says, run to the Father. Yeah. So good. When you are afraid, trust in Him. What are we trusting in? We're trusting in His Word. Mm-hmm. We're trusting in what He's already spoken. Yeah. So there is... Uh, this call for when we are afraid in scripture to turn our attention to him. Mm-hmm. And that is what's going to bring freedom. Like I said before, one of the most liberating things that you could do as a believer is to hear the voice of God and obey it. So when you are afraid, obey the word of God to say, to run to him, yeah. mm-hmm. to trust in him, to rely on him. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And, um, you know, hearing and obeying the voice of the Lord. And I do believe that the Lord is always speaking to us. 
Um, but I just, I also know what it's like when you're in those times of either, um, hyper overdrive of like anxiety Mm -hmm. or that depression where everything seems to be shut down. Uh, and sometimes you, you can't access that point of, um, calm enough to listen and to hear what God is saying. So you might either say God is not speaking or I can't hear his voice. Um, but what you just said, the word of God is mm. the word of God. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Bible, the scriptures are his living words. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, when I couldn't hear that rhema, that spoken word of God, that revelation illuminated because I was just too in the thick of things, mm-hmm. um, running to the word uh, and just reading what he has said. So right there, that instruction in Psalms, mm-hmm. if I actually went to the word, even though I can't hear it and I, I'm worked up and I can't, um, quote unquote, hear the voice of God. If I go to his word and it says, when I am afraid, I will trust in you and then begin to instruct myself. Okay. This is what the word of God says. I am afraid. Okay. I'm going to make a conscious choice right now to trust in him. And so when you actually just go to the word of God, read the Proverbs. Um, I think a lot of times, um, we call something wisdom and it's actually fear. Mm, Um, It it sounds like a good idea to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, But when we actually go to true wisdom of what he's saying in the Proverbs, it'll actually instruct our life of telling us how to live. Uh, And so just to say, if you're struggling with um, hearing the voice of God in that revelation sense, uh, go to the scriptures and just rehearse it. It's actually our daily bread. Uh, so we go to his scriptures uh, and allow him to speak, even if we're not feeling any of the feelings of it. Sometimes mm-hmm. when you are in that sense, of there, that place of discouragement or even uh, depression and you're, you're chemically shut down, um, even cognitively rehearsing the truth of what he said yes. can help to pull you yes. um, out of that, that deep state into... Um, into walking in truth again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Do you have anything, Mom? Yeah, I was. I was thinking. You know, when when I've hit different seasons, um, I will run back to my memorial stones. Mm-hmm. Those memorials in my life are the testimony of the things that He's already done, and I remember. Mm-hmm. And when I take time to remember. Uh, the healings, the miracles, the moments of revelation, you know, uh, just hearing the heart of God or experiencing uh, his presence, whatever it is, whenever I remember that, it takes my mind off my reasons for being discouraged Mm -hmm. and onto every reason why my life holds value and the proof that God loves me, he is for me, he is with me, he is in me, and he's not going to leave me, he's not going to forsake me. And today might be a difficult day, but my God has not changed. Uh, the external circumstances change all the time. Yeah. We are uh, we're blindsided by discouragement sometimes. We're having a great day and get a phone call, and boo, we can go yeah. into the plunges and the depths of despair mm-hmm. in a moment, you know? Yeah. That can happen so fast. And so I have to go back and rehearse the truth through the words, through my testimony, through my story, through the new narratives that, that God has written for me. All those type of things get me back on track because if I dwell in that blindsided blow to whatever, if I dwell in that, 
the problem is going to be magnified, right? You Mm -hmm. know, you're right about my screen. I got my stuff (laughs) big, you know? Mm -hmm. And I thought, why isn't my pictures as clear as everybody else? And it's probably because it's just so big, but it's so magnified. And, um, but if I can magnify the Lord, then, then my whole perspective begins to change. And, uh, going back to my neuroscience stuff, I love to talk about literally what has got my attention has got my direction. What I'm thinking on is developing that neural memory. And so if I rehearse my encounters with the Lord, the truth of God and those things, then it will literally pull me out of where I'm at because of where my focus is. And so that's what I had to do. I had to visit why, why in you know, they went in and they, when God moved, okay, he parted the Red Sea. Okay, come on, build a memorial here. So for posterity's sake, I love telling stories because testimony holds so much power. And um, so when we rehearse those things, it not only affects us, but really it impacts everybody we share those testimonies or those memorials with. It just gives a lot of hope. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hope is really key um, because that discouragement keeps you in the past of what has happened Mm -hmm. and it keeps you from wanting to think that there's going to be a difference in the future. Um, And so anchoring your soul in hope, as the word says, that it is the anchor of hope is the anchor of our soul. Uh, So that testimony does help to do that worship, gratitude, um, focusing on future and hope, just declaring hope. I love in the Psalms, uh, where he just says, hope in God. He, he mm-hmm. just commands his soul to hope um, because it will uh, anchor you um, when the disappointments come because they will come, um, but it will help you to stay from hitting that place of discouragement. And I think about when we hit those moments, and isn't it true, usually it's not when we're prepared for it, and, right? It's just we're blindsided by it. Um, I've learned through the years that I have to give myself time to emotionally recover. Yeah. You know, you get hit by something, you have that adrenaline rush, a negative adrenaline rush, uh, disappointment or whatever it might be. And I've got to give myself time yep. to recover. Yeah. And I cannot trust the emotions of that moment. Right. Those emotions are not reality. Truth is reality. So I don't want to trust my emotions. I got to give myself time to recover. And I do not make permanent decisions in the midst of temporary emotions. So I don't do anything Mm -hmm. until I'm on the other side of that. And then I start making decisions again for my life from a place of health, from a place of hearing the voice of God, from a place of remembering the good things, giving myself time to recover from that shock or that disappointment or that hurt feeling or whatever it might be that wants to plunge us down this negative road. No, I've I've got to stop and just, okay, don't trust this. This is not reality, even though the event might be true. 
but this is not my reality. This is not who I am. Where I'm at this moment is not where I will be at tomorrow. His mercies are new every morning. Thank you, Jesus. You know, you might go to bed and you be facing things and you wake up and you're looking at it completely different because his mercies are so new. Mm -hmm. And that's, I won't go into the neuroscience behind Mm -hmm. that, but that is so powerfully true. Yeah. And so I think we just got to give ourselves a little space sometime and um, just remember the goodness of God. Yeah, that's really good. So how do you disarm discouragement? I think it all wraps around the idea of the purpose of discouragement is to remove you from courage. So how you combat that is to step out in faith, Mm. hear his voice, follow his leading, and do the opposite of discouragement. Step in to something by faith. Mm-hmm. That is how you disarm it, by hearing his voice and obeying it. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I guess just maybe a little bit practical just to wrap us up. Um, to get out of dis- discouragement, one of those things is do the thing that you've been afraid of. Um, just step out and, you know, kick it in the teeth. Um, face Face that fear. Uh, just as an active step that this thing is not going to control your life anymore. Um, I think also seeking curiosity um, and it it carries with it that uh, expectation of good. Um, So just if you're going to say, what if change that to what, what if God is who he says he is? Mm. What if it actually works out for my good? What if it's different this time? What if there is a good future for me? Um, So push into um, that and it really is faith, um, believing even though you haven't seen it yet, that it is going to be in your future. Um, and I also think um, pursuing generosity, uh, taking the risk to step out again, it's just facing that fear. Um, do the thing. So if you've been living in self-protection because of discouragement, um, step out and do something that is giving, um, that is so generous good. towards so someone good. else because it'll start to disassemble that narrative uh, and those walls that you've put up to keep yourself safe. Uh, And you'll actually begin to learn that you derive life when you uh, live an outflowing uh, life rather than just a self-protective one. Um, And lastly, I'd just say, if you need to uh, borrow the hope of another, uh, if you can't seem to access it Mm, on your own, even, you know, pursuing the word of God and all of those things, get around someone who has hope for the future and, and just be either just be in their presence and, and listen to how they're living um, or just ask them, Hey, I really need a helping hand to pull me um, into hope right now. Um, Can you be that voice for me? So be around dreamers, be around uh, difference makers, around people whose life is uh, in a big state at the moment. And that can really help uh, you to get into that to where you're able to do that and generate that life on your own. Um, so. Well, when I think of discouragement as well, it kind of comes from, I did this and it didn't work. Yeah, <laughs> I did this and it didn't work. Yeah. So if you're going to confront discouragement, you have to refuse to allow your past mm-hmm. experiences the power to yeah. determine your present level of obedience. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's Jesus true. says, go out, throw down your nets. Yeah. Hey, hey, Lord, I just wanted to let you know we were out all night. It didn't work. We fished. Nothing happened. But he mm-hmm. says, according to your word, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. They cast down their nets, and then you know the rest of the story. Uh, they had so much that they had to call other people in to help them. Yeah. 
And so a lot of times with mm. discouragement is God's telling you to do something that you already did, that it did not work. Yep. So it still goes back to hearing his voice, mm-hmm. uh, cultivating uh, an ear, tuning your ear to his voice um, and being obedient mm-hmm. and, and trusting like, like in Psalms 56, whenever I'm afraid, mm-hmm. I will trust you. Amen. Yeah. So be bold, be courageous, uh, do not be afraid. Uh, there's good ahead for you. So we are wrapping it up for today. Um, we will be back next week as always. Thank you for listening. Uh, share it with a friend uh, and we'd love to hear from you. You can always email us at lifeexchangepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to Life Exchange. We'll be back next week with more conversation on topics of life and leadership. Until next time, be sure to check out our website at givinglight.org, where you can learn more about our church and access loads of resources to help you grow in your walk with God and people. If you like what you heard today, we'd be grateful if you leave a five-star review and share with your friends. Be blessed. Remember to shine your light and have a great week. Thank you.